1: Did you know that Black and White Sports is the largest independently owned conservative sports brand in the world? We have over 125,000 subscribers on YouTube and over 39 million views. Our episodes get more views than most ESPN programming every single day. And now we have exploded on podcast. We brought our episodes to podcast for you to enjoy at work, school, in the car, on the beach. Wherever you choose to consume our audio, we are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, CastBox, Radio Public, Spotify, Overcast, Pocket Cast, and
2: Breaker. Subscribe now. Friends, let's face it. The future of America is looking worse each day. Those who observe and have the feeling that something really bad is going to happen soon. If it does, are you prepared do you have enough food, water, and other essentials to get you through tough times? If not, check out My Patriot Supply. They're the nation's number one preparedness company and they've served millions of American families. Right now, you can save 25% off their popular four week emergency food kit, which will keep you well fed with four weeks worth of breakfast, lunch, dinner, drinks, and snacks totaling over 2000 calories a day. This food stays fresh for up to 25 years in proper storage. So it will be there when you need it. In fact, you may need it a lot sooner than that. So don't wait, go to prepare with and claim your four week emergency food kit. You'll save 25% if you at now that's prepare with black Don't wait, do it today. Mix it up. Use whipped cream, sugar, muck fruit, whatever. And folks, it tastes absolutely amazing. So check out the link in the description or the pinned comment and get Javi Coffee delivered to you today.
0: You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. I'm back. Rodrants for Black and White Live.
1: Well, the NFL season is pretty much getting ready to start. It's here tomorrow. That's right. It it starts out Super Bowl champions Tom Brady and his quest for number 8. Number 8. Think about that. Captain America going for no, number 8. It's pretty amazing. And of course, he starts with the Dallas Cowboys. Well, Brady lately, I did a story over on the main channel. Brady is not too happy with the NFL right now and a lot of the changes, a lot of the rules they put in. uh, He wasn't too happy about the vaccination uh, situation. He expressed it in a different way when he slammed the NFL for all the revenue they were going to make. And he said, NFL players are dumb. And what that was, it was in relation to look at all the money they made even during the pandemic. But you guys, Hey, Y'all voted to let all these restrictions come in involving the vaccine policy and blah, 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 but he let that be known in a different way, okay, by slamming the revenue that the NFL made. One of the other changes that he's not happy about because it can literally affect tomorrow's game is this brand-new jersey policy where it changes numbers because Brady literally had memorized the jersey numbers of, of these players he's playing over the years. And now, regardless of position, he knew, okay, this number's a linebacker, this number's a defensive end, blah, blah, blah. And he's, he could set up the offense and make changes at the line this way. Well, he's unloaded on the NFL again. He's not happy about this at all. Tom Brady unloads on crazy NFL jersey number change. He talked about this a little bit in April, but now he's talking about it in relation to the Cowboys tomorrow evening. Tom Brady on Tuesday took issue with one NFL rule change that affected his prep going into the first regular season of 2021 against the Dallas Cowboys. The NFL expanded the rules for jersey numbers this season, allowing for running backs, tight ends, fullbacks, wide receivers to wear jerseys 1 through 49 and 80 through 89. Defensive backs will be allowed to wear 1 through 49, linebackers 1 through 59 and 90 through 99. Offensive linemen 50 through uh, 79, defensive linemen 50 through 59, and 90 through 99. There were no changes for quarterbacks, kickers, and punters. Brady told the Tampa Bay Times it was something that irked him. The number rule is crazy. Literally, guys changed their numbers today. I'm playing two guys who had different numbers in the preseason. Yeah, they shouldn't allow that that to happen. I mean, if you're going to change before everything starts, fine. But to change it right before the game, no, that's not cool. So, yeah, you've got to watch film and know who you're studying, but do so, but so do the running backs. They've got to know who to block, so does the offensive line, so does the receivers who are adjusting their routes based on blitzes, Brady said. So one guy has got a 6, one guy's got an 11, one guy's got a 9. And they change every play when you break your routes and get to your spot. It's going to be a very challenging thing. It's a good, thing, good advantage for the defense, which that's what it is. Brady predicted there were going to be matchups where certain players will be blocking the wrong guy. He expressed this concern in April as well. Good luck trying to block the right people now. It's going to make for some bad football. And uh, then he comes out, Brady doubling down hard. Wonder how he really feels. Why not let the linemen wear whatever they want to? Why have numbers? Just have colored jerseys. Why not wear the same number? Dumb. At NFL. At NFLPA. I've got to give Brady credit because he's willing to slam everybody involved here. Buccaneers quarterback has never... Lost against the Cowboys, he has thrown for thirteen hundred and fifty-four yards and ten ta- passing touchdowns against them. He finished the twenty twenty season on a riveting note, throwing multiple touchdown passes in the team's blowout over the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. And it's hard to believe the season is actually here. Uh, look, I got to give Brady some credit because so many of these players will not speak out against the NFL will now not speak out against the NFLPA. Now, back to the other thing. If he really had such a big problem with the vaccination policy, he is the guy that's got the kind of cachet where he could have really stepped up and really spoke out. I know he slammed them using the revenue. Jason Whitlock talked about this. He He was against the policy. He slammed them using the revenue but he did not bring up the jab itself in slamming them, okay? I'm sure he was worried about some public perception, some risk of getting canceled, and uh, I'm sure his agent probably got into his ear too. His agent's been with him forever and probably said, look, you can't slam them directly over the jab. We know that conversation's happened, okay? Between these players, their agents, yada, yada, yada. I'm sure agents have had to step in and be like, look, you got to get, the jab or you're probably going to get cut. Uh, So I believe 90% of the players in the league are now have now received the jab. I don't know. Um, This is going to be somewhat of an advantage. Now, depending on the quarterback, how they read defenses, whether or not I've always heard that quarterbacks are big into the numbers on jerseys for the players that they're playing. Dallas Cowboys may have, have this may be their one advantage coming into this game because Dak is going to be cold. He hasn't played in a long time. Now, I'm going to say this. If Dak Prescott comes out and he looks good and he's he's not rusty, somehow he's not rusty, the Cowboys have the offense to gun it out with the Tampa Bay Bucs. But Dallas' defense is was one of the worst all-time last year. So this is going to be one small advantage that the Dallas Cowboys go have going into that game. But the Bucks are going to be fired up. They've got all starting 22 from the Super Bowl team back and the season starts tomorrow. Should Tom Brady be mad about this? You tell me in the comment sections.
0: I'm back. Rodrants for a Black and White Live. Oh, we're going to talk about
1: liar, liar, pants on fire, Anthony Fauci, because he's having an utter and complete meltdown over the events from the college football kickoff the other day. It was fantastic. I did a video over on uh, the main Black and White Sports channel about the huge college football ratings. It was awesome. Basically beat every NBA game all year, except I believe two. Uh, particularly that Georgia Clemson game, right? Um, And the fans, woo, several stadiums uh, started a F Joe Biden uh, chant. Also glorious. Of course, Rand Paul right now is putting foot to ass on Anthony Fauci for lying. Well, I know that's not really here nor there on this channel, but you get the point. And Fauci is having an utter meltdown. And, um, Again, if you choose to get the jab, if you choose not to get the jab, that's really your decision. Uh, We support you anyway. Um, And uh, so let's get to that article right now from OutKick. Fauci on college football fans packing stadiums. Quote, I don't think it's smart. Okay. CNN ignored that Wuhan lab documents showed that Fauci lied about gain-of-function research and instead asked him Tuesday, About his thoughts on fans attending college football games. Are you kidding me? They did not ask him about that. Wow. All right. Man, if ever there was a reason to turn those freaking shields off. Fauci disapproved for the college football fans. Who cares what he says? How many of those can there be? Quote, I don't think it's smart. Fauci said when shown photos of fans joyfully... Cheering their teams. Outdoors is always better than indoors, but when you have such a congregate setting of people that close together, here's what is going on. The full stadiums across the country in both red and blue states signaled an end to another part of the pandemic. Skeptics viewed packed stadiums as one of the final steps to normalcy, and Americans took that step this past weekend. We will see how long our leaders allow it to last. Yeah, that's the other thing, depending on these states. The photos also speak louder than experts and anchors on TV, Witnesses, uh, w- witnessing college football fans cheer, boo, dance, sing, and whatever else they do is persuasive. It erases some of the fears hesitant fans may still have. Furthermore, fans across the country who feel they are at mild risk showed that they were over COVID restrictions. COVID isn't going away, but Americans gradually realize that they can resume their lives anyway. Some were there a year ago. Others won't get there for another year. That's up to them and, the, and and their vulnerability to the virus. Adults can decide when the time is right for them. But based on week one of the college football season, a significant number have reached that point. That is all threatening to people in charge of or benefiting from COVID messaging. Fauci is the leader of the latter group. The more Americans ignore Dr. Fauci, the less power he wields. College football fans are already starting to ignore him. Yeah, and I can't imagine who is actually listening to this dude at this point at all. I mean, that that, that blows my mind if he is actually still a factor in somebody's brainwave systems, especially after Rand Paul sliced and diced his ass the other day and... Of course, it was revealed that um, he was involved in some shady dealings without going into too much detail so YouTube doesn't lose their minds. Uh, It was great. It was one of the best scenes we've seen uh, really since the pandemic. It might be the best thing we've seen. Uh, We saw Inner Sandman with Virginia Tech and the fans. We saw House of Pain jump around with Wisconsin. That was awesome, seeing Gus Johnson from Fox Sports up there uh moving back and forth it was just great it was great um it you know and as a michigan fan look their loony governor has had them on lockdown last year they didn't get to have any fans it sucked and um, you know i'll give credit to the sec because they pushed through last year the sec pushed through the acc pushed through the big 12 pushed through but the pac you know the pac 12 and the big 10 they screwed the pooch with that. They they absolutely did. Um, some NFL stadiums got it got it pretty right last year. Um, you know, with Tampa Bay, they allowed some fans in Florida. They allowed some fans, you know, the Dallas Cowboys had fans, so that was nice. I, I you know, it it it's amazing that the media will have Fauci on and literally not bring up certain topics at all. It's crazy. You know, we don't get into politics too much on this channel, but, I mean, look, I would be irresponsible not to bring that up in a video about Fauci, for crying out loud. Tell me what you think, black and white live fans. I thought it was great. Fauci can piss and moan all he wants. Too bad. Peace. I'm out.
0: Till next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. are tuning into black and white sports on youtube the no holds barred truth on sports the main event starts now i'm back
1: road for black and white live we're gonna talk about tom brady the nfl season is back tomorrow night the goat tom brady and the tampa bay bucks will start their title defense against the dallas cowboys and we know, with seven rings, me and Matrix both said, look, now at least it's a serious argument. We could see anybody go either way between Tom Brady and Michael Jordan. Well, now it has come out that Tom Brady was always gunning for Michael Jordan. He wasn't gunning for Joe Montana, who I gotta admit, I considered him to be the GOAT of the NFL until right after the final bell rang against the Atlanta Falcons in the comeback, and I remember I sat back in my chair and I went, Tom Brady's the GOAT. Yeah, he is the absolute GOAT, and then he goes to another team at 43 and wins a seventh ring in the other conference. It's ridiculous. Let us not forget, this guy has more titles than Breeze, Rogers, Roethlisberger combined. Think about that a minute. It's absolutely crazy. It's absolutely crazy. I don't think we'll ever see anything close to this uh, ever again. I never thought we would see what, you know, anybody past Montana. So anyway, let's get to this. This is crazy. It's from the sports rush. I ain't going for Joe Montana. I'm going for Michael Jordan. When Tom Brady told Julian Ellerman his ultimate goal. For the NF for his NFL career, Tom Brady has cemented his legacy as one of the greatest athletes in sporting history and his desire to be the best was fueled by the NBA goat himself, Michael Jordan. Tom Brady is a little bit crazy. There's no way around it. He is dedicated so much to football and quarterbacking that his it borders upon madness. We all know about TB12. We all know about the TB12 training method. There's nothing else to say about it, and his continued NFL career at 44 is a testament to it. Tom Brady is widely considered the greatest NFL player of all time. He's a seven-time Super Bowl champion, a five-time Super Bowl MVP, and a three-time NFL MVP. His accolades are ridiculously long. His longevity is unprecedented, even after 21 years at the top of his game. He is still one of the best quarterbacks in the league. He holds the record for passing yards, 91,653, completions 8,542, touchdown passes 664, and games started 344. He has 264 career wins, most by any quarterback in the history of the sport. Listen to this, guys. More Super Bowls than every franchise beat 19 teams in the playoffs, 34 playoff wins, number one in TDs, number two in yards, has as many NFC titles as Rodgers, Breeze, and Ryan. Think about that. NFC titles. And he's passed for over 3,000 yards just in Super Bowls. Good grief. Tom Brady wanted as many rings as Michael Jordan. Tom Brady started his career in a historic way. By his fifth season as a starter, he already had three. He was already a three-time Super Bowl winner. He promised to dominate the league individually. The New England Patriots did not see the promised land again for a whole decade. That's what's so crazy about it. Back in 2013, Tom Brady and his teammate Julian Edelman were working out together in LA. This is where Edelman came across a whiteboard that said, Super Bowl XLVIII. 2014 MetLife. At the time, Brady was still a Super Bowl champ, a three-time champ. Brady had a response that he only described as Brady-esque. I'm not going for Montana. I'm going for Jordan. And this is it right here. Brady to Edelman in 2013. Joe Montana famously won four Super Bowls. Jordan, six NBA titles. Tom Brady now has seven. And he doesn't want to stop anytime soon. Brady and the Bucks hope to go back-to-back. The Super Bowl champs did something unprecedented and re-signed all 22 starters back from the Super Bowl. You just don't see that in this era at all. It's crazy. I told Matrix after last year's feat, I said, I've officially got Brady as, as the GOAT. The all-time athletic GOAT. But... It absolutely is Brady and Jordan now. Okay, uh, there is no LeBron in that conversation. I just don't understand where he gets brought up. You know, if you got a Mount Rushmore, you got Muhammad Ali, you got Tom Brady, you got Michael Jordan, you got either Tiger or Jack Nicholas or 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 maybe both. Um, are you and you might you might have Joe Montana on there, okay? But um, I, I'm sorry. As far as I'm concerned, it is all about championships. It is all about championships, you know. There's some, there's some great quarterbacks out there, but it is all it's those multiple upon multiple upon multiple championships that separate the the best into goat status. If you ask me, you know, I know a lot of people might throw Elway and Brady into the conversation, but there's just not enough rings there for me. Uh, there's just not. Uh, I could see an argument. If you still wanted to have Jordan at, at, at one, I could understand that. But I've got Brady at one, personally speaking. And that tells you, so many years ago, we're talking eight years ago, he was gunning for Michael Jordan. I mean, damn Joe Montana. He said, I'm coming for MJ. The airness, himself, Jordan. And that's the kind of thing that drives this guy. Good luck, Dallas. Good luck, Cowboys, tomorrow night. Uh, We'll see how that turns out. Look, even if they lost the game for some reason, I don't think it's really going to hurt Tampa Bay. Not to mention there's one extra game this year. Tell me what you think, black and white sports fans. The GOAT. Peace. I'm
0: out. Till next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. Tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube, the no holds barred
2: truth on sports.
0: The main event
2: starts now. All right, black and white sports fans. We have said it many, many times. Politics and sports do not mix. They just don't. Uh, The NBA got super duper woke bringing politics into the sport. Their ratings have tanked. And yeah, they were up a little bit last year, but still overall, they are still way down. The NFL is going to be doubling down on the politics and the wokeness. Their ratings will continue to go down. And ESPN, we know that they have gotten super duper woke post George Floyd. Now, they were actually kind of woke before that, but they went off the deep end after the whole George Floyd incident. And now, guys, that brings us into Kenny May. Kenny May left ESPN several months ago. Remember, ESPN, they are going through a financial crisis. They actually have been laying off people for many years now. But however, they wanted Kenny Mayne to take a 61 percent pay cut. And Kenny Mayne said, nope, and he's moving on to do whatever he's going to do. But however, Kenny Mayne had an interview with a ringer and he actually talked about the politics at ESPN. More, more to be more specific, though, he was actually talking about how tweeting about politics doesn't really mix too well with the higher ups at ESPN. Now, I'm assuming he's talking about pre-George Floyd. OK, because now I believe in a post-George Floyd world, ESPN is going to let you go super political and, you know, criticize anybody on the right because we know where ESPN's political leanings lie. So let's go ahead. Let's dive into this, guys. You'll see over here, it says Kenny Maine joins club of ets ESPNers, if that's even a word, citing politics as source of friction. Interesting. Kenny Main talked to John Gonzalez of The Ringer in a great piece that touches on Main's time at ESPN, his departure from the company, and his future among other topics. One part that jumped out to me was when Maine discussed tweeting while at ESPN, claiming there was some sort of watch list that various personalities were on. Maine also alleges that he got a call from ESPN exec Norby Williamson following this tweet in the aftermath of President Trump's physical. Now, we're going to go over that, that uh, that tweet that he actually did put out. But a watch list. Now, one would actually think, you know, as woke as ESPN is be, they would welcome you know, talk about politics. Now, Jamel Hill plays a role in this, too, because we know Jamel Hill, when she was at ESPN, she was tweeting politics 24-7. And actually, remember, at one point, ESPN suspended Jamel Hill. For going after the Dallas Cowboys and Jerry Jones said that he was at he would actually bench players that would kneel for the national anthem. And this is from 2017 and she was suspended for violating their social media uh, policy and guidelines. This was a second violation. Uh, I believe the first one was probably when she was actually going after Trump, uh, calling him a white supremacist. And we know eventually she ended up leaving ESPN. But let's jump into this. It says here, he admits that since he left ESPN, he's been more forthright with anyone reading his tweets or talking to him would, would take to mean blunt and even confrontational when it comes to politics. At ESPN, he often held back. Now, I don't remember Kenny Mayne really saying anything political, and that's probably one of the reasons I actually did like him. But I guess now the chains are off, so to speak, and he can actually do whatever he wants to do on social media. But however, I'm not on Twitter, so I don't know what he's actually been tweeting out. But it says here at ESPN, he often, felt, often held back. He says he called it, quote, shooting from beyond the Jamail line, referring to his former ESPN colleague, Jamail Hill, who left the company after several well-publicized run-ins with management over a frequent unapologetic and unsparing criticisms of Trump and the GOP. And we already went over one of those right there with uh, Jerry Jones. She was actually calling for uh, people to boycott the sponsors of the Cowboys because Jerry Jones said he would actually bench any player that kneeled for the National Anthem. That was in 2017. Now, no player had actually knelt for the anthem for the Cowboys until Tatari D- D- Poe kneeled last year, and then Jerry Jones ended up cutting him anyway because he wasn't any good, out of shape, but I digress. Maine admits that he didn't have the same courage as Hill. He says he didn't want to get fired, and besides, quote, they were clearly threatening some of us, me particularly. He says he was definitely on the watch list. They told me so. There's a group of people that watch your Twitter. And this is where we get into the Trump physical here. It says like when Trump's stupid physical came out, Maine says, remember, he's going to be in great health for 30 years. That's not what a doctor says. So I made a joke, something like this president's doctor just timed me at 4.1 in the 40." Wearing Snoop Dogg slippers. I think that's a good joke. It's making fun of the doctor, not making fun of the president directly. So how did he go over? And he says, not so well. He says, I I got a Norby call on that one. Now, you can see here, this is the tweet right here. I, I don't think the tweet is anything bad. I really don't. But like he said before, he didn't have the courage like a Jamel Hill to go full Political. He just didn't. He wanted to keep his job and all that other stuff. But uh it says here Maine doesn't think ESPN wanted to get rid of him because of his uh percolating political leanings, but he's pretty sure it didn't help. He says he remembers Williamson asking him one time, Why do you have to do the politics? I guess in response to that tweet. And he replied, Quote, because I have four daughters and a wife, and I want to look at myself in the mirror. Gonzalez reached out to ESPN for comment about the watch list. Maine's politics and Williamson's due due to politics comment. Their their only statement was a generic message about Maine's time at ESPN. Quote, Kenny was a key figure in the building, in building ESPN. We'll always be grateful for his creativity, passion and work ethic. We wish him continued success. And that was pretty much all ESPN had to say. I'm pretty sure they were not actually going to dive into all of that. But you got to remember, this was a pre George Floyd uh, situation, I believe, right there, because this tweet is from 2018 that Kenny Bain actually did put out. Now, I believe if he had put something out like that post George Floyd, he would still be at ESPN. Um, ESPN wouldn't have this watch list, I believe. Uh, Jamel Hill, to tell you the truth, I believe. If Jamel Hill was actually saying everything she's been tweeting post George Floyd, Jamel Hill would still be there. Maybe not Kenny Mayne, because we see how ESPN works. Rachel Nichols, she's she's actually, you know, booted from ESPN and Kenny Mayne. He's not there either. I mean. Rachel Nichols is probably right. You know, ESPN concerned about the, you know, the crappy track, track record on diversity. She's gone. Kenny mayne has gone. But however, Malika Andrews is there. Stephen A. Smith has all the power in the world at ESPN. I'm just saying I'm not even going to say it, but you guys probably know where I am going with this. But what do you guys think of this? What do you guys think of Kenny Mayne's comments about ESPN having a watch list and threatening employees about their post on social media? Maybe that's the way it was at a time. You know, pre George Floyd, like I said, pre 2020, uh, pre Black Lives Matter, when Black Lives Matter wasn't really much of a thing. I guess they were still out there. Some people knew about them, but we know that BLM went on a whole nother level during 2020. That's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this black and white sports fans? Let us know what you think about all this in the comments. Make sure to subscribe to Black and White Sports and we'll catch you next time.
0: Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. I'm back. roadrance for Black and White Sports. We're doing a follow-up.
1: To a story I did last year when the world was exploding from a social justice and wokeety woke woke standpoint. Well, the Texas Eyes of Texas song and that battle is not over. It's not. When uh, the University of Texas, and we're in Texas, guys. uh, When the University of Texas kind of went to war with that song... When Steve Sharkeesian got hired and showed up to be the football coach for the University of Texas, he drew a clear line and said, we're playing the Eyes of Texas, and we will honor the Eyes of Texas at this school and this song. Well, and and by the way, the boosters got involved in that. We'll talk about that a little more after we get done with this article because look at it. The Texas NAACP. Files a federal complaint over the Eyes of Texas song. God. The Texas chapter of the NAACP and a group of ultra-woke students, yeah, I added that, have filed a federal civil rights complaint against the University of Texas for its continued use of school song, The Eyes of Texas, which has racist elements in its past. Woke ESPN? The complaint filed September 3rd on the U- from the U.S. Department of Education alleges that black students, athletes, band members, faculty, and alumni are being subjected to violations of the civil rights and hostile campus environment over the, quote, offensive, disrespectful, and aggressive use of the song. Huh. It's amazing how many black students have come through that school How many black football players, black athletes? And before last year, we never heard one thing about that song. Not one thing. And I'm going to tell you right now, if you think this doesn't have something to do with a bunch of liberal, woke, white professors, you're out of your mind. That campus has been poisoned by a liberal element, and everybody's known it. If you're here in Texas, you know this about the University of Texas. The NAACP and the students want the federal government to withhold funding from the university. Gary Bledsoe, a, the president of the Texas NAACP and Texas Law School graduate. Wow. On Wednesday, sharply criticized Texas for requiring the Longhorn Band to play the song at the athletic events, expecting athletes to sing and stand and sing after the song. Hey, Gary Bledsoe. Why didn't it offend you when you were going to Texas? Why did you pick Texas if that song was so offensive to your sensibilities? You damn hypocrite. Quote, it's like slave owners making slaves buck dance for their entertainment. What an idiot. You are a complete tool. The song was played before and after Saturday's season opening football win over Louisiana Lafayette and was given a full-throated sing-along by a crowd of about 80,000 people. Once again, the very minute, woke minority wants to get rid of something that the great majority supports. It's poisonous. Many Texas players gathered near the band during the song, as has been tradition for decades. First-year football coach Steve Sharkeesian, has said the team will sing the song. The complaint, which includes statements from several anonymous students, (laughs) put your name on it, crying out loud, alleges those who oppose the song on campus are being harassed and that black students, quote, feel humiliated whenever it is played or sung. Uh, Okay. A university spokesman did not immediately respond to a request for comment, The Eyes of Texas was written in 1903 and has a history of performances in minstrel shows with musicians often in blackface. Let me ask you a question. Is a University of Texas football game a minstrel show and is anybody wearing blackface today at all in the last 25 years? I mean, really, stop it. Stop it. You guys are looking for some kind of social justice tirade and mission. That's it. You're no hero, by the way. For decades, it has been sung after games, graduation ceremonies, and is a popular sing-along at weddings and funerals. It goes on to talk about how when George Floyd happened last year, essentially everything has been ruined, which is something that me and Matrix said, as soon as George Floyd happened, you realize everything's about to be woke, everything's about to be under attack, Everything in sports, everything in entertainment is subject to be destroyed. Plain and simple. this is people, I'm sorry, I believe the people that filed these lawsuits. people like Gary Bledsoe, you're nothing but a bunch of damn hypocrites. Your students on campus, you picked the school. You went there. You chose to attend that university. Yet, knowing this song that is supposedly racist and and insults your sensibilities, you chose to go there. What are you? You guys are a bunch of hypocrites. All right? No, you're on some kind of a mission, some kind of a tirade. And you're trying to prove exactly how woke you are, like you're some social justice superstar. If you don't like it, leave the school. Go find another school. For crying out loud, go to Oregon. Portland, Oregon, I'm sure, might have a school that hasn't been burnt down yet. Go to Portland. I mean, my guy, go to Seattle. Join Jenny Durkin's uh, staff up there. Those liberals will love you up there, but get the hell out of Texas. It is ridiculous. Gary Bledsoe, I got my Texas law degree from the University of Texas, the song was there in at football games, and I'm willing to bet you money at some point he sung the song. I'm just saying, if anybody's got that video, our email is down in the description. If this Texas lawyer, Gary Bledsoe, is on video singing this song anywhere, send it to us. I promise you I will do a reaction to it. This is pathetic. This is a bunch of wokeness, a bunch of hypocrisy, bunch of crap where people are acting like they're offended by everybody when they're not. A bunch of liberal professors are involved, poisoning kids. Yes, you white SJWs too. You're pathetic, and it kills me. You're going to school where this song has been forever, and you're offended. Okay. Tell me what you think, black and white sports fans. By the way, I meant to bring this up. The boosters, the boosters, the people that fund the football team, fund the athletics, have blatantly said, this song stays or we're pulling our funding from the school. Good for you. That's alumni, people that went there and actually care about the school and the football team and the athletics.
0: Peace. I'm out. Till next time. Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now. I'm back. Roderick, for Black and White Sports. We're going
1: to talk about LeBron James. And where he stands in the GOAT conversation, because a former really good basketball player, Pist- the Pistons' Rasheed Wallace in Portland, uh, played for several teams, but he was a really good player. Rasheed Wallace was a good player. And, uh, in fact, had several good years in a row. Well, he has come out and made some comments, kind of like comments we have echoed here on the channel. If LeBron had to play in that that other era of basketball lebron might not have as much success as as he has had now and it should be noted it took him a good while to even have success one could say even though him and rashid crossed paths for about 8 years rashid came in in 1995 okay a good while a totally different brand of basketball a good while before LeBron came in, in 2003. Well, he's come out and said, I don't think LeBron, or LeChina, I don't think LeBron would have the kind of success he had if he had to come up and start, actually start like Rasheed did in that era. Why? Because the game was a lot more physical. Dennis Rodman just called out the NBA over that. Uh, I did a video on that. So, let's check that out right now. And, uh, yeah, LeBron, LeBron James, success based on era he's playing in, Rasheed Wallace says. Now, look, they did play during some of the same era, but there was a lot of hard-nosed basketball between 95 and 2002, okay? In fact, I would say right around that 2005, 6, 7 era is when a lot of the physicality went out of the game. Former NBA All-Star Rasheed Wallace made a strange prediction about the trajectory of LeBron James's career if he was playing in the big man's era. We talked about the game down low, that post-game, has basically disappeared. In other words, you're driving to the basket. You don't look up and see David Robinson standing in front of you or Hakeem Olajuwon or Patrick Ewing regardless of how big and physical LeBron James thinks he is. Wallace, a four-time All-Star who played from '95 to 2003, appeared in a recent episode of Million Dollars Worth of Game and said James wouldn't have been as successful. He's probably, he probably would have done good with his physical stature, with him being bigger than the majority of the rest of the players, Wallace said. So he probably would have held his own, but I don't think he would have been as successful as he is now. It's a whole different era back then. I couldn't necessarily say he would have been a beast, but I think he would have held his own. Wallace only played eight seasons without LeBron James in the league. James entered the league as one of the most highly talented, touted players in 2003. And for the most part, the two played in the same era. Yeah, but that eight years difference is big. Wallace played on the Washington Bullets, the Portland Trailblazers in the late 1990s, early 2000s. He played for the Hawks and Detroit Pistons before two years away from basketball. He played one year with the Knicks. Sheed went on one step further and said, Kevin Durant wouldn't have been as successful either. And look, Kevin Durant's body type sure wouldn't have helped him back in that NBA Era. Wallace, who won an NBA title with the 2004 Pistons, finished his career with 14.4 points and 6.7 rebounds. And we all know Rashid was one of the more physical players in the NBA, especially in the era that allowed him to do so. We talked about when Steph Curry and all the guys started shoot, shooting up threes, the game the game changed, okay And we got to remember LeBron didn't win a title for a while. After coming into the league, right as the league was starting to change, is about the time that LeBron started achieving that NBA championship success, and I think that's what Rashid is getting at here. All right, he's not saying LeBron wouldn't have been successful. You're just not gonna you're not gonna have as much success because the people that are defending the basket against you were different back then. An entirely different brand of basketball, and it would have been rougher. It would have been rougher on LeBron, absolutely. Uh, and look, he 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 I, he sure couldn't have done it if he couldn't have spun his teams into super teams the way he has the last several years, which has led him to some success. And then with the Lakers, you know, not so great, not so great so far. Uh, so you're seeing more and more of this. Uh, more and more players are willing to step up and say, look, if LeBron had to play in the 80s, in the 90s, in the early 2000s, he probably wouldn't have been as successful, okay? Um, and and that, that means a lot. Can you imagine LeBron driving in the lane, looks up, and Karl Malone is there? I mean, really, think about it, okay? It was just... A bunch of defensive monsters underneath there. So many guys could play defense. They protected the rim. I mean, Dikembe Matumbo, you know, I mean, it, it would have been just a different situation if LeBron had to come up in that era. Would he have won a title? Probably would have won one or two, maybe. But he certainly, I don't think, would be talked about in that realm of goatness. And I think era's got a lot to do with that. That's why everybody looks at Michael Jordan as having his head front and center on the Mount Rushmore of sports immortality because Jordan dominated a very rough era of the NBA. Absolutely. Knicks, Pacers, Pistons. I mean, that was some tough basketball back then. Charles Barkley, the Suns, right? And Jordan went through them. He did. Tell me what you think. Black and white sports fans, hit subscribe. Peace. I'm out. Till next time.
0: Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports. You're tuning into Black and White Sports on YouTube. The no-holds-barred truth on sports. The main event starts now.
2: All right, black and white sports fans. Tomorrow, the 2021 NFL season resumes where my Dallas Cowboys will be facing off against the GOAT, Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, when it comes to the GOAT quarterback of the NFL, there's almost no argument whatsoever that Tom Brady is the GOAT. Even Brady haters out there. Will acknowledge that he is the goat. Now, Shannon Sharp, he's one of those. He has acknowledged that Tom Brady is the goat, reluctantly, but with Tom Tom Brady's body of work, it is undisputed. No pun intended. Okay, talking about the show. But however, Dave man, Shannon Sharp and Skip Bayless were talking about the athletic. Now, the athletic has um ranked the one hundred greatest NFL players of all time regardless of position. And ladies and gentlemen, number one was Thomas Edward Patrick Brady Jr., the greatest player in NFL history, according to The Athletic. Now, to me, I believe this is absolutely correct. Now, if you want to make a case for other players, you know, LT Jerry Rice, Joe Montana, you can make a case. I mean, those guys have an argument as well. But I truly believe That number 12 in New England or in Tampa Bay now is the GOAT. And I've seen many, many great football players in my day. Okay, but they had a segment on undisputed here. And the question was, do you agree that Tom Brady is the GOAT? Now, Skip Bayless agreed with that. But Shannon Sharp said, no, I do not agree with this at all. Now, I must admit, though, he still had Tom Brady in his top five NFL players of all time. At number one, he had Jerry Rice. Jerry Rice, all time great. We know that. I mean, no wide receiver is even close to the numbers of Jerry Rice. And this is a passing era right now. And Jerry mostly played in a non-passing era. I mean, Jerry Rice had a season where he had I believe it was 22 touchdowns in the season. That was insane. Completely insane. Jerry Rice all-time great. Number 2, he had LT Lawrence Taylor. And in number 3, he had Tom Brady. So I just want to give credit to Shannon Sharp for that. But however, here is the hypocrisy. I remember back in uh, the Super Bowl in 2017 right out here in Houston, Shannon Sharp was actually singing a different tune, singing a different tune. Now, Tom Brady is still playing right now. Folks, keep that in mind. Tom Brady's still playing Uh, Jerry Rice. He's not active anymore, has been active since uh, 2004, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Lawrence Taylor. He has been inactive in the NFL since 1993. But Shannon Sharp now has been exposed. Shannon Sharp just lied on TV today because check this out. Back in 2017, Shannon Sharpe said this on Undisputed and it stuck with me. It resonated with me because he is known as a Tom Brady hater. But after that comeback against the Atlanta Falcons, Shannon Sharpe said this. Tom Brady proved he's the greatest football player to ever live. And I'm going to read this, okay? Because this is from 2017 here on uh, Fox Sports. It says Tom Brady led an impossible comeback against the Atlanta Falcons in the second half Sunday, resurrecting the Patriots after a disastrous first half to win a record fifth Super Bowl in overtime. This is when he won his fifth. The man's won two more since then. On Monday's episode of Undisputed, Shannon Sharp, Chris Carter, and Skip Bayless debated how the Patriots' unbelievable victory and Brady's MVP performance affected his legacy. This is what Shannon Sharp had to say. Quote, I said going into this game, win, lose or draw. He's the greatest quarterback that's ever played because I'm not a one game guy. I'm looking at his body of work. Joe Montana went to four Super Bowls in 16 years. Tom went to seven in 17 years. Advantage Tom. Now, just for clarity now, since this article was written, Tom Brady has went to three more Super Bowls and won two of them. Think of that. Mind-blowing. He's 44 and he's still going. But he goes on. He says Tom won four. Joe Joe won four. He was a three-time MVP in the Super Bowl. So was Tom. Now, with this one, he was actually a four-time Super Bowl MVP, a record. And now we know he has five Super Bowl MVPs. Okay? Tom was a two-time league MVP. So was Joe. Well, Tom also has added another league MVP since this Super Bowl. He says, now you now you start looking. Well, what about the division titles? What about the AFC championship games that Tom's appeared in? 24-9 in the playoffs going into that game. I believe Tom is like 33 victories now. But he says, so for me, he was already the greatest quarterback. But if I told, told you this also, if he wins this game and he's the MVP, He passes Jerry Rice. He passes Lawrence Taylor. And a lot of people say Jim Brown. Tom Brady is the greatest football player in the 97-year history of the NFL. There's nothing else to debate. Nobody can argue this. The fashion in which he did it and the body of his work, his resume, is extensive. 14 division titles, two league MVPs, 5,000-yard passing season, five Super Bowls, four times he was a Super Bowl MVP in the past two, the way he's come back in dramatic fashion. That is what Shannon Sharp said. He was the greatest player in the 97-year history of the NFL. And he said, if he wins this game, he's the MVP. He passes Jerry Rice. He passes Lawrence Taylor. Now, Shannon Sharp is singing a different tune today. When Tom Brady, since then... Has won two more Super Bowls, another league MVP, another Super Bowl MVP. He went from five Super Bowls to seven Super Bowls. But now. Shannon Sharp has dropped Tom Brady. From number one down to number three. I mean, did Shannon Sharp not think we would actually do the research and look it up? Because I remember I didn't even have to look very far because. When Shannon Sharp said that, it just resonated with me. Wow. He just actually said that Tom Brady is the, not just the greatest quarterback, the greatest football player ever. But now in undisputed, he flip flops and says that Lawrence Taylor's better and Jerry Rice is better when those two haven't been able to add to their resume. But yet Tom Brady, since 2017, has dramatically added to his resume. Think of that, guys. Shannon Sharp has just been exposed as a fraud. And I did it. In my, I did it myself. Something is something is up with with that show. It really is. Maybe they say things just for shock value, because maybe maybe they knew that was, Skip Bayless was going to say, yeah, Brady's the goat. But maybe for this case right here on this episode, Shannon Sharp has to say, Oh, no, I have to disagree with Skip. So I'm going to contradict myself and make myself look like a fool and say, no, Tom Brady's number three. But I had a number one and the two guys I actually had him above. Now I'm going to rank them higher for this debate. That's just my thoughts on this. What do you guys think of this black and white sports fans? Shannon Sharp exposed by yours truly for being a hypocrite and a flip flopper. When he said the complete opposite in 2017. Anyway, guys, let us know what you think about all this in the comments. Make sure you subscribe to Black and White Sports, and we'll catch you next time.
0: Thanks for watching the show. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to tune in next time on Black and White Sports.